Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
is Rory Sodder. Thank you for listening to the Rory Sodder Show. Happy Thursday. I hope you all are doing very well. I hope your day is going great and accordingly and productive and fun and all of the above. The weekend is approaching, which is always a great feeling. It's very relieving. It's always exciting. We always uh, get that off our shoulders, the the long week. Um, So, you know, we have a huge show tonight. I want to thank all of my guests yesterday, all of all of my audience. The audience just keeps growing, like I say, uh, and I couldn't be more grateful. And every episode, I always make it my duty to thank all of you for your amazing support. Um, you know, we um, we do have a lot, um, you know, going on the, in the media today. I mean, today's been a very hectic day, very busy in the media. Um, you know, we had a huge show yesterday. We had a lot uh, addressed and, and established and taken care of. We had great guests on, um, and we, we got really good feedback about yesterday's show. So I'm very proud of that. Um, lot to get to tonight, lot to get to. First, I want to say, uh, please visit, uh, the Donald J Trump store.com. Again, that's the Donald J Trump store.com. You can also visit making Christianity great again.com. Again, that's makingchristianitygreatagain.com. On both of those sites, you can find all of your fancy, unique, and uh, creative and customized uh, President Trump merchandise merchandise and apparel. You guys will all love it. And uh, everybody, be sure to visit getyourappbuilt.com. Again, that's getyourappbuilt.com if you ever need an app built. They are the greatest. They are the best company. They are awesome. Um, And you can always visit my my place, uh, rorysodder.tv. Um, which has all my stuff on it, and uh, as well as, like I've been saying, uh, we have a brand-new me- news media site coming out called The Next Gen USA. It's uh, going to be amazing, and I can't wait to share it with you all. Um, opening topic, though, I want to get to. Uh, I do have my co-host, uh, Director Gianni rodriguez Terras on the line. How are you, my buddy? Doing great. Good to have you here. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. we got a lot to uh, get to tonight. Um, opening statement, let's talk about, you know, Trump, what Trump said today about Mexico and what's going on with the border. What's going down on, what's going on down at the border is a mess. I mean, it, it is literally a mess, and we've been talking about it on my show all week. I'm going to get to a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts. You know, first I want to um, play this clip uh, of Trump and uh, his discussion on Mexico today and how they're not, um, you know, taking uh, proper accountability um, for I – want, I want to welcome uh, – my, my special guest just actually called in. Uh, who, who, who's on the line exactly? Dan Perkins? Doherty. Michael Doherty. My, Mike my, Doherty. My good friend, my, my special guest, Mike Doherty, cybersecurity expert, um, political strategist. Uh, he, he's been doing a lot of great things. Uh, you've been doing a lot of legislative work, a lot of different lobbying work, um, and you have a lot of different pieces out that are big right now. Uh, you just did a piece for the Hill last week. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, Michael, and especially with what's going on in Mexico. And I was just about to play a clip of Trump uh, speaking on the disaster of the border, um, real quick, and then I, I, I want us all to talk about it. Um, one, okay. two. We need two to tango. We have 51 votes in the Senate. We need 60, unfortunately, because we have the ridiculous filibuster rule. So we need 60. 
And I think I'll get four or five or six from senators, frankly, running in states where I won by 25, 30, 40 points with Mike. And I think we'll get six senators, maybe we'll get seven senators. That still doesn't get us to 60. So there's nothing you can do to get there. And people don't understand that. When we have a majority in the Senate, we have a majority by one, but we need 10 votes. So we need 10, essentially, we need 10 Democrats. Not going to get them. They're told by Schumer and Pelosi, don't do it, because we want to see if we can pick up seats. They don't care about the children. They don't care about the injury. They don't care about the problems. They don't care about anything. All they do is say, obstruct. And let's see how we do, because they have no policies that are any good. They're not good politicians. they got nothing going. All they're good at is obstructing. And they generally stick together. I respect them for that. That's about it. Their policies stink. They're no good. They have no ideas. They have no nothing, the Democrats. All they can do is obstruct and stay together and vote against and make it impossible to take care of children and families and to take care of immigration. We should be able to make an immigration bill that can really solve the problem, not just this. This is one aspect of it. This is one very important but small aspect of it. We should be able to do a bill. I'd invite them to come over to the White House anytime they want. This afternoon would be good. After the Cabinet meeting would be good. They are invited officially. I'll let you do the inviting. Let the press do the inviting. But we have to do something about immigration in this country. For 50 years and long before that, it was a disaster. But over the last 20, 25 years, it's gotten worse. Every time they write a rule or regulation, it makes it worse, not better. We can solve this problem. We have to hire thousands of judges. No country in the world is hiring judges like that. They hire border people that you can't come into the country. Mexico, by the way, is doing nothing for us. Nothing. They have the strongest immigration laws. They can do whatever they want. They can keep people out of Mexico. They have a 2,000-mile journey up Mexico. They walk through Mexico like it's walking through Central Park. It's ridiculous. Mexico does nothing for us. So then when people say, why are you being so tough with NAFTA? And I am being tough because we, it's a terrible deal for the United States. Mexico is making $100 billion a year off us and the horrible NAFTA deal. And I am being tough. One of the reasons I'm being tough because they do nothing for us at the border. They encourage people, frankly, to walk through Mexico and go into the United States because they're drug traffickers, they're human traffickers, they're coyotes. I mean, we're getting some real beauties. Mexico is doing nothing for us except taking our money and sending us drugs. They're doing nothing. They could solve this problem in two minutes. You wouldn't even have to do anything. But they don't do it. They talk a good game. Well said, Mr. President. Well said. Um, I do also want to welcome to the show my special guest, uh, foreign policy analysis, oil and natural gas investor, best-selling author, um, entrepreneur, radical Islam expert, and contributor to the dailycaller.com, clashdaily.com, liveset.com, dailysearch.com, and thehill.com, Dan Perkins. Dan, how are you? I'm fine, sir. Thank you. How are you? Good, good to have you on. Um, Thank Michael, you. Michael Doherty, Michael though, real quick. You know, I know you've been paying attention, and I've I've been talking about this all week on my show, Michael, you know, regarding what's going on at the border, how much of a mess it is. It's all filled with entitlement. It's basically 
peak celebrities in all of the liberal media are bitching and complaining and whining. They're getting separated from their families. Do you know what happens to American parents when they break the law? They get separated from their kids. And this is no different. We don't see the, the um, overdramatic uh, uh, fake crocodile tears when, you know, uh, American families get separated. It's disgraceful. Well, it's, you got to take a step back, just like every other red herring toss they throw. I mean, they clearly uh, ignore what's in recorded history now that doesn't matter. It's just to gaslight people as much as possible, and they'll they'll suck this one dry and they'll move on to something else. And yeah. you know, and they'll ignore the carnage. And I, you know, if we can get, I mean, certain base will get numb to this, and um, others won't. And, and it will just see if the Democrats overplay their hand. I mean, you know, they they would not. They rejected legislative solutions this week, and you know, I, I think people see this enough. People see it. That's why Trump won the presidency. Uh, yeah. They the, the more people that the more people that see it, the more extreme the left has to get to get people's attention. And that's that's right. all this is. This is like roadkill to get you to stop and pay attention. And and they're having to get more and more and more outlandish. But that's also what the party's taking care of. And we're coming around the bend here to another election where the people get to speak again. And uh, it's a real big deal that this stuff not be taken seriously and, and we get, you know, and, and not get sucked into the emotionalism and the reactionaryism of it. Because what they're really trying to do here is any desperate plea they can to keep, to turn the House blue so that the chairman of these committees are Democrats and all these investigations by champions like Deb Nunes will be stopped. And, and if they stop that, then they can go back to spinning and the relentless lying, because that's what liars do. Liars just keep on lying. Their hands are already in the cookie jar. The genie cannot go back in the bottle. Uh, this is their only route, and it's based on fooling the people. So we'll see what happens. You, it's always entertaining to listen Trump go off, but uh, really it's about and, the bigger picture. And you bring up a great point, and I'm getting to Dan in one second, but real quick, let's face it. The Democrats do not give a shit about these people crossing the border. They simply want their votes. They simply want to flood them in so they can take advantage of them for political gain. And let, let's, not, let's not forget that Bill Clinton put this policy into place in the 90s. And the Democrats are trying to say that all of this is Trump's fault with what's going on with detaining and separating families. Bullshit. This started in the 90s under Bill Clinton. It's been enforced uh, through all these other presidents. And now Trump has to clean up the mess. But they're just finding something else to pick pick at him for. It's just disgusting. You know, uh, Dan. Go go ahead, Dan. So let me uh, let me give you a couple pieces of information. Rasmussen published a poll this morning, uh, taken on the subject matter as who's responsible for this border situation, and. it took over a thousand uh, uh, likely voters, and yeah. the news is is not good for the Democrats because fifty three percent of the people who responded to the survey yeah. placed the responsibility not on the on the our government but on the parents who sent. 
10,000 of the 12,000 children alone on that 2,000-mile journey to be be victimized, raped, and whatever. There are stories now that – And a lot of people – you bring up a good point. Real real quick, Dan, you bring up a good point. It's a lot of – what these children coming across the border, a lot of these adults use them as sex. It's for sex trafficking. I mean, there's a lot of crimes like that that are caught, but uh, keep going. Sorry. Well, the point is that the, the voters aren't buying the story that it's Trump or the administration's problem, uh, that they're responsible for it. But the other thing that's starting to come out now that in, in two, two really separate but bizarre issues. One, there are numerous stories that parents who are sending their young daughters north oh, are sending them with the morning after pills because they what know the they're going to be sexually abused when they, when they start on this journey. And the second is that um, the interviews that are being done by the American news media, it seems yeah. like all the children all of a sudden speak perfect English. <laughs> I know. I know. And imagine that. They find that strange if they came from El Salvador and Guatemala, and they're poor, that they would be so fluent in English. So, I don't think that the American people are buying it. Um, there are some people who are, some people who don't understand. You know, one of the gentlemen a few moments ago talked about what's going on in this country. Um, The Department of um, Health and Human Services puts out the results of what's happening around the country. In 2014, 680,000 children, American children, were taken from their parents because they were charged by um, uh, Child Protective Services and and the police. With abusing their children, six hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah. Where is the outrage from the Democratic Party with that particular problem? It's non-existent. Oh, I lost. I lost fit. you for. I lost there. you for a second. I I thought you were talking about illegals, but American children. Yes, they, there's no outrage. They don't. Yeah, pay not any illegals. Not it. illegals. These are right. These are six hundred and eighty thousand children in all over the fifty states who were taken by protective services and the police. Yeah. From yep. their parents because of abuse. Yep. Crickets. Crickets. So. You know. But anyway, I wrote a piece today. Uh, I had back-to-back pieces published on um, Newsmax, and and today's yeah. piece, the title was, "Did Donald Trump, when he signed the executive order, sign his impeachment warrant?" Please, please elaborate. Now I'm, I'm very, now I, I think ever, the whole audience, the thousands of people listening now are, are very curious. Um, well, if they, go to, if they go to Newsmax, go to Newsmax.com and yes. put in my name in the search box and it'll come up. But what I basically say it. is, what I, what I say in the, one of the things that I say in the piece is yes. that, um, this, this, uh, as one of your earlier uh, people said, he, he's still on. Michael Doherty's still on with us. 
Yeah, it started with the Clinton administration. And what happened was that that the 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 rules were uh that they had to be separated. And um so some group I, I can't tell you which one decided decided to file a lawsuit under the Obama administration, but it was not the Obama administration, and they said that that uh, they didn't think that the government had the right to separate the children from their parents. The the, the lower court ruling was a, a, appealed to the sixth, the Ninth Circuit, which is in San Francisco, and the yes. Ninth Circuit said yes, the government does have the right to, for the protection of the children to separate them from their parents and the Obama administration did not appeal the decision of the Ninth Circuit they left it alone so Donald Trump was now faced with a situation where the law of the land said that the government has to separate children from adults and because there is no way when you come across that border with a child, there's no way if you don't have the ability to vet and prove who you are, you also don't have the ability to prove that that child is in fact yours. And we know of many, many instances where people are using children as a means to get into yeah. the country and they're not, not related at all. But exactly. what happened is when signed when Trump signed the executive order, he basically broke the law. And what most people don't understand, that's what this was all about. This wasn't about the children. It wasn't about policy. It was to get force Donald Trump into breaking the law because once he breaks the law, he is subject to high crimes and misdemeanors, which is an impeachable offense. Now, in the article, I also said, I was published this morning, I said that the thing that could save Mr. Trump is that if one of the two bills on immigration reform were to get through and deal with this issue by waiving that situation, it is the Congress who sets immigration law, not the president. However, I heard late this afternoon that the first bill didn't clear the House. So what I'm predicting in the, in the article today, that if, the legislation, if, if a piece of legislation passes, broad sweeping legislation passes the House, which the first one didn't, so there's one left, it'll go to the Senate, and the Senate will decide ultimately whether or not the Congress files a, a, a bill of impeachment against Donald Trump. Because if the Senate, meaning the Democrats and the Rhino Republicans, do not yeah. pass any legislation, then there's no protection for Mr. Trump. And so I would fully expect relatively quickly after the Senate votes to be to see lawsuits filed against the president and the administration. And those lawsuits will go to the court. And the question is, will the outrage in Congress be high enough that some Democrats – a lot of Democrats and some Republicans in the House will, in fact, vote before the election for a bill of impeachment. Jesus Christ. 
Michael, respond to that. I know you want to respond, Michael. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a wake-up call. But one, the, my favorite thing that Jen just said was the Iran Republicans and the Democrats, because that is a supermajority. And it, it, it's such a um, – I mean, Trump, is, Trump, Trump only has the populace on his side, and, and people should look and, and understand uh, just how deep the tentacles of the deep state, the administrative state, uh, you know, the, the government that really started being built within the country with Woodrow Wilson uh, has had time to grow. This is a weed with, 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 with roots that wrap all over the place. And, and, and it's easy to see who is attacking him from all sides. On the one hand, it's a big red herring that they throw out every week so he can go and do what he wants to do and no one's paying attention because there's been no news attention towards it. But on the other hand, it's a very dangerous game. It's an absolute blood war of political survival. I mean, you saw Mark Meadows just blow up and start yelling at, at, at Ryan on the floor yesterday. Things are very, very tense because it really is the integrity of the judicial system. And we've got so many things hitting us at such fast pace. Uh, if those guys actually dare to try to start impeaching with that type of supermajority, I, I, you will just be... <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine how bad it'll be because they just keep pushing, 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 pushing. Uh, such a split within the country. It, it really, it really concerns me. Uh, everyone yeah. is running so into let, let corners me, that I've never let me, respond, let me respond to, to to that. Give you a couple more pieces of information. Yesterday, yeah. Pew Research result, published a result of a study of five thousand registered voters. Mm-hmm. And again, the Democrats did, didn't do well. The five thousand, the response uh, of the, the the primary question that was being judged was, do you believe that the Justice Department and the and the FBI are corrupt? Fifty three percent said yes. That's right. Fifty three percent. That's all. I'm actually shocked. If that's all there but there's is. No, there was I mean, only there was only there was only about thirty two percent who thought that it wasn't. Second piece of information. Second piece of information. The polling data shows that the Republican base that supported Donald Trump is now larger than in the first year than Barack Obama or Ronald Reagan. 85% of the people who voted for for Donald Trump are still supporting him. And what's happening, he has a stronger base than any other Republican president in history, including Ronald Reagan. So the idea that that the the Democrats are energized for the big blue wave and that the Republicans are going to stay home doesn't appear to be holding up in terms of the voter turnout in the primaries that have been going on and the strength that Donald Trump has with his base. Now, this this whole immigration issue could – 
come back and bite the Democrats seriously in their ass. Because, as I said in the piece and as I said a few minutes ago, if they can't pass immigration reform, the president is vulnerable to an impeachment issue. But the president is also, on the opposite side, has the ability to say to the American electorate that Democrats never really wanted reform, and we need to get rid of them. So this could turn into be a very powerful midterm tool for the Republicans if they use it. Exactly. And it's interesting to see, okay, how do you think that that falls into uh, what this little outburst on the floor between Ryan and, um, and Meadows indicates where they start confronting Ryan more and more and more? When does he become such a lame duck that, that survival just gets him out early when he says he's going to get out? And, and, well, and, and I, I, I think what's happened is that uh, uh, what, is, what is absolutely – there are some people who, who say that that demonstrates the deterioration of the Republican Party. I don't agree. I, in fact, say the opposite. That shows that the Republicans, or at least some number of Republicans, have grown not only a backbone but a pair. And they're willing to confront the leadership when they think the leadership is not doing the right thing for the American people. And so, um, in, in my opinion, um, uh, the speaker is already a lame duck. Whether I, I don't believe, however, he will resign his position between now and the end of his term. I, I think he will continue. But it will be interesting to see if the Republicans retain control of the House in November, who will succeed him. Will it be his second-in-command? Or will it be the congressman from Ohio or somebody else who is a much more conservative Republican um, and not a rhino? Uh, and I, so I think that that's, that's going to the, – the election is going to have lots and lots of interesting situations. Um, I also said in an interview I did this week that what people are losing have lost sight of, I wrote – I wrote political commentary during the presidential campaign that I said time and time again, this campaign is not about making America great again. This is not about making America strong militarily. This campaign is about one particular thing that has far-reaching consequences, and that is how many Supreme Court judges will Donald Trump appoint in his four-year or eight-year term? There are – we will have the end of the term at the end of this month. There's a lot to discuss in Washington about that Kennedy may re- retire. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the oldest person to sit on the Supreme Court. She's almost 90. And and so it is possible that Donald Trump 
by the time he finishes his first term, may have appointed two Supreme Court justices. And before he's finished, because Sotomayor is is uh, not in great health, he could appoint four, four conservative wow. judges plus plus Gorsuch. So he could have possibly appoint five of the nine judges, depending on what happens over the next six and a half years. And, That's and, that is an, and, and Stephen Breyer, by the way, is is turning eighty this summer. And and, right. and 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 you're exactly right. That is that is the major. But we we dodged a bullet with Obama not getting so many appointees, and we right. have a, a situation where uh, the left owns the media, and if you can't see that now, and they own academia, but they didn't own the courts. And not that the courts aren't a mess. I'm a, I've been in litigation for about eight years over major things, and coming from medicine, I have never ever in my wildest dreams thought I'd see such a culture of, of, of protection and no accountability as the judiciary. And the lower mm-hmm. you get, the worse it is within the system. The state courts are, are, are snake pits. The lawyers, I mean, there's a reason why the ABA discovered a year ago that one-third of all lawyers have a substance abuse problem. The reality of the law and the practice of law and the judicial system in this country is so far from what you are taught in law school, it'll drive you to drink. And it is, and it, it, it's vicious. It destroys lives. And it is, it is, it is such a bullet that we, um, that we have dodged. It's, and it's kind of a microcosm of, of what happens with people when they have power and they think they're above the law and should twist the law. There's such an arrogance of knowing that. And we see it in our students that are now confusing free speech with um, being able to punish speech you disagree with. So I think that's a phenomenal point, uh, and it is so true. Uh, it, is, it was um, the tough break that Scalia passed when he did. Uh, we dodged it. I mean, that's the one time Mitch McConnell stood up. I was so, thank goodness, who thought he would stand up, but, but there is a massive opportunity here to leave a lasting legacy. And uh, it's, well, uh, we have pretty incredible. The, the, the most, the, just to follow what you're saying, is that remember that that circuit judge in Seattle, I think it was, who decided he knew foreign policy better than the president and issued the stay against the uh, immigration order. Uh, we, we've got the courts legislating from the bench. What's interesting. Uh, to me, is that there are six vacancies in the Ninth Circuit. I know that is probably that it's probably yeah. the, the most liberal circuit in the country, and they have six vacancies that the president has to fill. So, um, because of these lifetime appointments, you create a situation where. The legacy of Donald Trump is that he, he, may, he may be able to put on in his term, in his two terms, uh, virtually uh, a, a minimum of five to four or six to three conservative bias judge votes going forward. And that will have tremendous implications for how the court acts and what the court does. It makes one chuckle and one understands why Hillary 
had such a meltdown the night she lost that she destroyed the television and couldn't show up for the next day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, and, you know, so I think that we're headed just one we'll more thing. Ahead, um, no, go ahead, Dan. I I'm love what think, you're saying. Go ahead, Dan. I'm thinking that, um, that, 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 Two things, again, going back to the article that I published today on Newsmax. I talk about the, the, the inability of the left to communicate without vulgarity. And I don't think that that vulgarity is going to help the Democratic Party when it comes time for the flyover states to vote in the November midterm elections. Um, I have I have believed from the very beginning that I thought that the Republicans only have to run, run on the Ronald Reagan message. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? If you are, vote Republican. Uh, they don't really have to campaign any more any, on any other issues, just that. Hold the Democrats accountable. So, uh, but I think what's going to happen, and uh, I, I have written about this, um, and there's not many people talking about it yet, but I, I always tend to be a little early in my forecasting. Um, I think that Donald Trump is going to shut down the government just before the primary, before the uh, midterm elections. And, and why do you say that? Please, be, please elaborate. I think he's going to he's, – he's, you have to listen to Mr. Trump. You have to listen to what he says and what he commits to do. He's a, he is, for all intents and purposes, a man of his word. And he said after the omnibus bill that went through that he signed in order to get his – 25% increase in funding for the military. He said never again. And I think that the the Democrats, which got a lot of port, they got funding for Planned Parenthood, all that stuff, um, they believe that they, they got his measure. And I'm saying that I think that he's going to say to the American people, we can no longer continue to live and spend the way we do at the federal government level. And so I'm going to shut down the government, and we're going to make decisions about what's important, what are our priorities, and we're going to cut this budget, and we're going to cut this government a bunch. And I think that the Republicans and those people who are against big government, whether they be Democrats or independents, are going to come out yeah. in droves. And, and I think he'll shut it down, and he'll keep it shut down, and the Democrats won't have anything to say. The Democrats... The Democrats have no leaders. I call them grandma and grandpa. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi Shockey. are effectively the are the leadership of the Democratic Party. They're not leaders. I mean, Nancy Pelosi said when the Supreme Jesus Court Christ. did the decision on the cake case, she said, we have to get the Christians out of the process. Yeah, All these and things you know, they're talking. It's disgraceful, but yeah, absolutely. Continue. I, I, you're you're absolutely point on with you when you say this stuff. Keep going, uh, Dan. I love this. 
Okay. The other piece that I wrote uh, was about no, but the, the Christian president thing though. You were and, saying about Nancy Pelosi. You're saying about Nancy Pelosi, and there's all this animosity with the Democratic Party and uh, Christianity. But you know what's funny and so hypocritical and contradicts what, the, their hate towards Christianity is when they're trying to read Bible verses about these illegal aliens at the border. But they want to hate then, on people mm-hmm. in America that practice Christianity. Now that, that's just that just shows that they'll that they're sociopathic and they'll use any tool. And and people, yes. that's what I mean. I love when Nancy Pelosi. Uh, you know, M13 by saying that Donald Trump won't recognize the spark of divinity. People aren't They're stupid. Humans. Spark They're of human divinity beings. and those human animals. <laughs> you got to want to help. So I, Dan's completely right. It, it's great. Just keep it running, keep it running. But I, I do have an, I want to finish that point. But when you get a second, I'd love to hear your opinion, Dan, about where we go then with Mitch McConnell uh, and what happens with him. Because, boy, you know, I yes. just. Um, Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I'd, I'd like to hear about McConnell too. Well, I, w- I would say that that um, in my opinion, uh, he's the, there is talk, and he said that he's not going to go to an August recess. That he wants to get as many judges as possible, and any cabinet positions or staff positions that need congressional approval. He wants to get them as many of them done as possible, and he's not going to have a summer recess to allow the Democrats or the Republicans who are up for office on the Senate to go back and campaign, unless they're going to walk away from their responsibility uh, and and uh, leave the Congress and go out and, and campaign and not do their the duty as far as voting on on uh, on candidates. Um, but I, I think that McConnell's time is probably. Uh, coming to an end, and um, much like the Democrats need new invigorated leadership, uh, so do I think the Republicans. And, and Dan, I want you to kind of speak on a few things. First of all, uh, there's a lot of reports that they're going to try and oust and uh, impeach uh, Paul Ryan. They're, they're trying to get him the hell out of there. And also, uh, another thing, two things I want you to kind of go over. Paul Ryan delayed his amnesty bill until to vote until tomorrow. Um, your thoughts on that? I don't think it's going to pass, um, and President Trump would never sign off on something so stupid. He's already told the Congress that he's going to veto it if, if they pass it. I mean, there's there's no issue yeah. there. Uh, as it relates yeah. to impeachment, yeah, from a practical standpoint, if you understand anything about the impeachment process, yeah, there isn't enough time to impeach the Speaker of the House, so it's basically bullcrap. I mean, it's okay. it's 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 well, they want noise. They want to like. I mean, the, the, there's there's a lot of people in the in, in the party after Paul Ryan, and these reports are coming out. I mean, this isn't made up. And I was wondering myself, how are they going to impeach Paul Ryan? They're probably just they're just talking. Yeah, they're 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 blowing smoke because there isn't enough time left. And and what are you going to do? He's already said he's going to retire at the end of the term. So you're going to make him retire think, three months early? Well, to, is there a re, is there a re, do you think the reason is would he not get his pension? Is that is that what would happen? No, 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 no. And what are they what are they going to what are they going to charge him with to impeach right. him? 
Right. No, I, I know. They may not and like, just, it, they may not like the way he ran the House, but yeah. I, I, I can't imagine that there's an impeachable offense. Well, I'm sure if I just they don't dig deeper, I'm sure if they dig deep enough, they could find a lot on Paul Ryan. But you're right at this point. You know, there's no there's no impeachable offense. Go ahead. I don't think there's a lot. There's not a lot you're going to find on Paul Ryan. Uh, you don't Paul think Ryan so? is just no. I don't. I think Paul Ryan is. It's just that Paul Ryan was a born and bred you know, animal of the hill. He he came there out of college. Um, he uh, Paul Ryan is honestly... I'm just I, referring to maybe the, like some of the groups he's taking money from. That's what I'm referring to, dirty uh, money. Oh, okay, take a number. Who's going to hold him accountable for that? And, 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 and who, you know, throw the first stone? Are you kidding me? I, I, I don't think Paul, Paul Ryan's a, a likable guy. Uh, he was the only one that took that spot. No one wanted it. I since I'm not defending his politics. I think, you know, it, it was it's a transitional time. He he's a middleman. Um, you know, the thing about the Republicans, which is good but bad, is that, you know, they don't step in line. And and the Freedom Caucus has a long-term view, which I happen to agree with. I love 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 Jim Jordan. Um, oh, he's the and, and and but. It, but the he could be the, he, if, the, if the if the Republicans retain the House, he could be the new speaker. And he's a phenomenal guy. I actually spent time yeah. with him. I, this guy is incredible. And 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 but anyway, as far as Paul Ryan goes, look, Paul Ryan is not. Um, he he might be a lot of things leadership wise. I don't believe he's a crook. Um, I believe it's okay to disagree with him politically. I don't think he's he's a corrupt guy. Um, I you know, and I and I actually sincerely believe that he is leaving for the reasons he says. Because he's always talked mm-hmm. about that. Oh, come and nothing, on, and, and nothing, and nothing is impacted. Nothing Michael, impacted come Paul. on. No, no, no. I've, listen, I've known this stuff about him since 2012. And so I'm just saying that, that when Mike. he says, sorry, the death of his father was a very big deal. His kids are a very big deal. It, he did, it, it's a pain in the ass to do that job. Uh, he, he's done a thing. I want out too. That does not mean I think that that I've agreed with him. But to to the one hand to politically disagree with someone, the other hand to say we're going to them, it would be such a backfire. That's a battle you just don't pick when there's so many battles to pick. Here's what here's what I here's how I view Paul Ryan. He's going to retire. And he's more dangerous from the outside on trying to destroy Trump. He does not like Trump. He's out to get Trump. Him and his he's not that powerful. He's not you that powerful. So? I mean, my gosh. I mean, look at the look at the dragons Trump has slayed. You think Paul Ryan? I mean, look what he was terrible. I'm not Canada. talking I, about I, I, Paul Ryan. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me Michael, let me Michael, real quick. This. Yeah, real, real quick though. Michael, I'm not talking about Paul Ryan alone. I'm talking about Paul Ryan, g- 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 you know, uh, ganging up with his buddies and, you know, trying to do something from the outside that, I mean, I know Trump's taken everything and nothing can, you know, hurt him. I mean, he's invincible. He's bulletproof. But at the same time, a lot of these scumbag swamp creatures like Paul Ryan are sneaky. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. First of all, first of all, first First of all, I wrote the first piece almost the 
week after the election, and I had, I can't tell you how many people told me, don't write that story. Don't publish that story. Mr. Trump is not bulletproof. He is human, and that is the greatest fear I have about him, is that the left has become so enraged and so vile and so violent that that is my greatest fear for the president. Number two, I would suggest you look at the, his predecessor to see how much influence a retired speaker can have in the political scene. John Boehner's doing Zippo, and he was not a friend, uh, a, a favorite of of Donald Trump either. So. Right. Uh, I, I don't think that Mr. Ryan is going to go off on a vendetta when he retires from the House and go after Mr. Trump. I don't. I don't think that's a, a logical. Uh, I can understand why people might think that, but it, it just doesn't. It's not logical to me that that he is that kind of a vindictive person who would do it. So here, I, I don't think it's an I issue. Want. But I got. Here, here's, I got five here's minutes. And I got to go. Okay. Here's kind of what I meant. Um, in the sense that Paul Ryan pushes amnesty and he pushes all of these things. I, I, I mean, why would he do something that is totally the, the, uh, the opposite of what we need for our country? I mean, it's stuff like that is saying why I'm saying he's dangerous. Paul Ryan is a, quote, moderate Democrat. But you don't think he's getting paid money from all these dirty groups to push amnesty? He's not just no. doing it out of the kindness of his heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. It's, it's no. Philosophically, that's just the way he thinks. He's a moderate. You re- Come and on, a moderate dude. Pu- you ask for my opinion, I give you my opinion. You don't agree with Dan, this? Dan, you don't fine. think any – Dan or Michael, you don't think anybody is paying Paul Ryan to push amnesty like these billionaire corporations that want cheap labor for these illegal workers? Correct, I do not. If you are you on defined payment, look, Paul Ryan is Paul Ryan. <laughs> I just, I, I'm sorry, I don't think it's, I don't think it's even important. I mean, he's got obligations. He's got obligations to people that support him. Those might be big people, too, but I don't think Paul Ryan is a money chaser. He's a business guy. And he knows money's part of it. He's not going to be apologetic. There's nothing wrong with donations. There's nothing wrong with taking things from. But I don't get along with it as far as you make it sound like he's doing backroom deals and taking kickbacks with a certain vote to throw a game. I, that is not what he's doing. Does he have obligations? Does he take big donations? Sure. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's welcome to Washington. Are you kidding me? Look at, look at Dianne Feinstein's husband and how much he makes right. just following the, the, the foreclosure money. So, I mean, if, if, if Paul Ryan wanted to be a crook, he could take many, other, many more lucrative ways. That's not him. He's just, it's just, it's just a policy difference. It's not, you know, and that's yeah. why everyone wanted him to take that job because, you know, Boehner was an idiot. And, was, and, and Paul, Paul's, not, Paul's not an idiot. I, 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 really, he's not. I, I, you know, I just, I just, I just he can can't. Speak. Uh, he's a good speaker. He's like Obama. He knows how to no, speak I, to well, I, I can't, I can't tell you. I, he has my experience and I have experience with him. It's not that bad, but I don't. I, I I just I'm not I just think that doesn't serve anything to go there with that um, because there's no spitting on it uh, and if you're gonna play something like him that way then you're gonna be doing nothing to lose and I'm cutting out a little bit I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying he's a saint 
But it doesn't have to be given. It's politics there, and, and money's part of it, and all the part of it, and the lobbying's part of it, and, you know, it's just it. Hey, Dan, Dan. Yeah. I do want to yes. ask you something. So, so I want to talk to you. You know, you wrote two pieces. I want I want you to talk about your North Korea piece, what you wrote about Trump and North Korea, that huge thing that you were talking about that you want to enlighten us on. I, what I basically said is that that title of the piece was Donald Trump. President Trump is not a Neville Chamberlain when it comes to North Korea. Uh, right. You're probably too young to know who Neville Chamberlain is, but he was the prime minister in England. Uh, who went to call on Hitler to try and convince him not to invade Czechoslovakia. He came back with a signed agreement from from Hitler and uh, said there would be peace in our time. And within three weeks, Hitler broke it and uh, invaded Czechoslovakia, Poland, and the rest of Europe. What I pointed out, what I pointed out in the piece, is that. No other president in the history of the United States was more equipped to handle the meeting with Kim than Donald Trump. He was the most perfect man to have the meeting because if you go back in history and you look at Richard Nixon, John Kennedy, and Ronald Reagan – their first summit meetings with the Russians or the Chinese were disasters. The reason why they were disasters is that all three of them had no business experience. Donald Trump has been the CEO of his company forever. And he has done trades in in as far as golf courses and hotels and office buildings and casinos all over the world. He is a global multi-billionaire. He has worked with the governments, good and bad, all over the, all over the world. So when he was elected president, and by the way, people forget there's a slash after president, and it says CEO of the United States. Donald Trump had trained all of his life to be president and CEO of the United States. So when he walked in the office of president, he already knew what to do. So when he when he had a strategy, developed a strategy how he was going to take the problem that many presidents kicked down the road, and that was North Korea, he had a strategy how he was going to handle it. And if you read Mr. Trump's book, The Art of the Deal, you understand why he does what he does. He brought Kim to the table, and I said many, many months ago when the first overture was happening, I said and was laughed at on global China Global Network Television in 117 countries with 70 million viewers, and I was on the last two weeks on that network, um, I said, if Mr. Trump pulls this off and he gets some kind of a settlement agreement that's enforceable, he will win the Nobel Peace Prize. And everybody thought I was crazy. I wrote a commentary about it. But what's been happening slowly but surely as he approached the meeting and went through the meeting, 
while the Democrats had their criticisms, uh, more and more people are saying what he's done is historic, and he may well win the Nobel Prize. And so what I said is we have to understand, and here's some numbers that are important. Mr. Kim's economy is the size of the economy in terms of GDP of Reno, Nevada. One city in the United States has an economy equal in size, the entire economy of North Korea. When he stopped, when he stepped across the 38th parallel and went and met with the president of South Korea, he crossed over and he went into an economy that was 53 times larger than his. The bottom line is the reason yeah. why Mr. Kim wants a relationship with the United States yeah. is because of trade. Yeah, I remember you mentioning this to us on the last episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that is, I mean, when you, when you see North Korea and their struggling economy, I mean, there's articles out about it. And, you know, they want what America has. And Trump gave that big presentation, that video presentation of what North Korea could potentially look like if they cooperate and want to be our friends and our ally. And it, he showed them beachfront. Trump showed Kim Jong Un beachfront property, vacation area, you know, growing economy. He showed him endless opportunity, and that's that's very right. appealing. And and that's why they're getting along very well, among other things, of course. So I, I think that that as far as I'm concerned, it's already been a success. We have a document signed. Yep, we have a document signed by the head of North Korea says he is willing to denuclearize his country. And yes. if there's agreement, the difference between the difference between Obama, I believe Obama and Trump, is that if there is an opportunity to have the end of the war in between North and South Korea to have that physically yes. ended by a signing. Yes. And yes. a denuclearization treaty that can be approved by the United States Senate, it'll happen. And that's what yeah. Obama. That's why Obama couldn't do the nuclear deal with with Iran because he knew if he presented it to the Senate, he couldn't get the supermajority to pass it and approve it. I believe that if Mr. Trump brings right. in a verifiable nuclear treaty with North Korea, it'll be approved by the Senate, which means yeah. it becomes the law of the land. Yeah, well said. Very well said. And uh, I know, Josh, you're on the line, and Michael. Um, I know anybody want to speak on this? I know you guys have thoughts. No, I, I think, Dan, you're, you're sharp as a tech, and I enjoy listening to what you have to say. <laughs> Yeah, it's really it's really awesome. And Dan, I want to ask you a few things real quick. Um, a few things I forgot to mention that are facts that are crazy about what's going on in this border situation. The feds have separated illegal alien families since it, it's like before 2001. I mean, it's asylum claims from Central America up over 800 percent in six years and 1.4 thousand American children separated from parents 
for everyone separated at the border. I mean, for everyone. So 1.4 thousand American children separated from parents for every one kid separated at the border. Mm-hmm. Can you believe um, some of those numbers, though? Like, I can believe them. You know, the question I would ask you for my last question, or my last piece, yeah. what did you think about Melania going to the border today? Real quick, I'm playing a one-minute clip. I want you to listen. It's literally one minute. She was there, and the liberal media was making fun of her, but she sounds great. Just listen one minute. I want to talk about this. This is big. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm glad I'm here, and I'm looking forward to seeing and meeting children. But first of all, uh, let me begin to recognize each of you and thanking you for all what you do, uh, for your heroic work. Uh, that you do every day and uh, what you do for those children. We all know they're having, they're here without their family. And uh, I want to thank you for your hard work, your compassion, and your kindness you're giving them in this difficult time. I'm here to learn about your facility and which I know you house children on a long-term basis. And I also like to ask you how I can help to these children to reunite with their families uh, in a, as quickly as possible. So thank you again for all what you do. And uh, thank you as well. Thank you all for what you do. Thank you. So there you go. I mean, she was there. You know, she... And, you know, the liberal media is trying to say it's just staged and she's only doing it for show and she's only doing it because Trump said something and it's not real, it's not authentic. But she has the biggest heart, and so does Donald Trump, believe it or not. He has a huge heart. He just, you know, it, it, it's when you have morality and then you have laws, you have to mix the two, but it's hard. I mean, most of us conservatives have hearts. But we also have to follow the law and not be able to make exceptions and give people special treatment. Yeah, well, and I and know? I would say to you, I would say to you in the piece that I wrote today, it was published yeah. today. Yeah. I tried to help people understand the relationship between Donald Trump and Melania when Melania, excuse me. When we had a Hollywood actor say that Barron should be ripped from the arms of his mother I want to talk. and, yep. Pete, and uh, thrown yeah. into a cage with Peter pedophile. Fonda. Okay. Peter, yeah, fucking Peter Fonda. Fonda. And, you know, real quick, real quick, I want to interfere because, Dan, you make a good point. Because what about the Roseanne? They throwed her, off, her ass off so fast, and Peter Fonda – is still working. His movie's coming out this week. They have not condemned him. They have not said anything about about bad about him or called him out for his hate. The left. They are basically enabling it, and it's sickening. Well, you had Robert De Niro at the Tony Awards stand up and use uh, the f bombs on live yeah, TV, on live TV against Donald yeah. Trump. And what did the audience do? He stood up and applauded. They clapped. 
clap. It's a, yeah, they no, all no. clap. They, no, 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 no. They gave him a standing ovation. Standing ovation, yep. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, but at some point, we have to take the narrative back off this thing. I mean, you can sit there and react to them and this outrageous behavior every three seconds, and, and they're just going to double down, double down. But I don't want to get too wound up in it. I mean, when someone shows you who they are believe them, and they've been showing us who they are a million times, we get it. Um, in the meantime, um, yeah, I'm not sure. This, this is a political game. If Melania went down there for politics, fine. <laughs> you know, fine. She went down, okay. Uh, you know, but uh, she didn't have a gun to her head, and she doesn't seem to hate her husband, and she seems authentic, and 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 there's a lot of inf- again, you know, we get so their gaslighting is so relentless that you start reacting to what the truth is, and I, I still want to roll back and go, and, and I've got to go on a second here here too, and I know Dan does, but I have a very early appointment tomorrow. But um, the the me too. I've got early morning interviews. But yeah, so yeah, what's got, going on is when we talk about the the reality of what's going on, the separation of children and criminals. You know, we're cutting we're, out a little is, bit. You're cutting out a little bit, Mike. Gee, I think we lost Mike Doherty. Are you still on? I think we lost him. Uh, Dan, are you still there? Yeah, but I got to go. Okay, Dan, I'll let you go because uh, we got to welcome our next guest. But, Dan, uh, real quick, uh, before you go, you know, it, it's just the hypocrisy with with the left uh, not condemning, um, you know, this situation with uh, Peter Fonda. Yeah, it's it's the it's I said I talked about it in the article today. Is that that but we? But look what happened to Roseanne. Have, look what happened to Roseanne. You know. I understand. I understand. But that but but that's because she was a Trump supporter. It, the the rhetoric yep. is against Republicans and against Donald Trump, and that's that's the reality life. of life. But what concerns me is the level of anger vitriol and filthy language that the that the the left has moved to look at look at the the young lady who held the mock up head of uh, Donald Trump Kathy Griffin and she was job. yeah yeah Ka- Kathy Griffin she held up the head yeah. the mock head yep. of, of a beheaded Donald Trump and she came under yep. a tremendous amount of criticism and she cried and everything else and what did she yep. do last weekend she used she yep. used all kinds of profanity to attack Millennia and uh, and they don't condemn. So, they don't condemn her. They don't condemn at all. They just let her. I mean, they let the left get away with whatever they want. But when conservatives say something, all hell breaks loose, and we're supposed right. to be the bad guys and the enemy. It's disgusting. Double standard. It's, okay, it's been like that I, for I gotta so go. long. Okay, uh, Dan, get to promote anything. Uh, we love having you on. Uh, I know you have your book coming. I know you have some books out. I know you have your website yes. where they can find you. DanPerkins.guru. They can find about me, my foundation, a bunch of other things. DanPerkins.guru is the place to go. And the books are available at Amazon.com. Real quick, last thing before you go. Uh, thir- you already said seconds. that three times. No, I know. 30 seconds. Describe your thoughts on Peter Stork and the IG report and your, your thoughts on 
him getting escorted out of the FBI building and what's next? Because I know you're going to be writing about it. I, I, I'm just amazed that it's taken them that long. I, I, I'm surprised that nobody's been in an nobody at the FBI or the Justice yeah. Department is in yeah. an orange jumpsuit. None, 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 none. And then, but uh, you know, I, I have grave concerns as to whether or not anybody at the at the Justice Department or the FBI is going to be yeah. indicted and and spend any time in jail. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's very disheartening. All righty. He says well, we have a, yeah, we have a double standard. We do. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we're just going to have to see. Time will tell. But Dan, Dan Perkins, uh, foreign policy analysis, oil and natural gas investor, best-selling author, entrepreneur, radical Islam expert, and contributor to the dailycaller.com, clashdaily.com, livesbet.com, dailysurge.com, and thehill.com. Uh, thank you for coming and on. And Newsmax. And, uh, and, and, and Newsmax.com. And Newsmax you're on now as well. You're writing for all the big papers and the big uh, magazines. I love it. Um, thank you. I, I really appreciate it, and we'll have you're you welcome. on again soon. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Bye. I want to uh, welcome uh, my next guest, um, big, big fan, uh, constitute, um, strategist, lobbyist, constitutional expert, and best-selling author, David Shatokis, is with us. How are you, sir? I'm terrific, Roy. How are you this evening? Good to, good to have you. Good to have you here. Um, you know, um, Great you to know, be David. here. It's, and it's, it's a little easier. You know, there's an S in the middle. It's Shatokis, Roy. It's David Shatokis. And, again, now, now we got it. If you're just joining us, everybody, uh, David Shostokis is a criminal defense attorney. He's a former prosecutor, a political strategist, lobbyist, constitutional expert, and best-selling author. And he's doing very well. He's doing a lot of big things. His uh, his career is uh, is been amazing, and uh, he's popular right now. And uh, we love what he's doing. Um, I have a, obviously we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on. I want to ask you about, as well as. <clears throat> You know, um, I want to talk about the Constitution. Uh, you know, uh, we probably – we will do a full episode on the Constitution as soon as possible, probably next week. But I do want to talk to you a little bit about it tonight because I, I I'm really uh, strongly want you to, uh, you know, uh, give a lot of uh, different insight on that. Um, and and uh, my co-host, Josh, you're on the line, right, buddy? Yeah, I, I just uh, hopped me off and I'm back. Okay, great. And uh, Gianni, you're here, right? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Gianni's here. Gianni from New York is here. Um, okay, cool. So, um, David, you know, here, here's my thing. I want to know your thoughts on everything that's going on. I mean, you know, we've had a lot of different <laughs> FBI things. You know, you've read the IG report. You saw Gowdy, uh, you know, tear apart. Um, uh, Michael Horowitz uh, for doing it was just lousy and it was basically giving us information that we already knew pretty much it wasn't anything new or uh, surprising like we thought or shocking or revealing like we thought it was going to be um, it was uh, pretty plain and pretty generic and there was uh, absolutely bias in every way possible and Peter Stork is not in prison and these people are not in handcuffs 
although Peter Storff was escorted out of the FBI building, we do know this, which now is, uh, you know, could lead to a lot of things. Um, uh, you know, and there's also James Comey is now under investigation. And now they're also thinking about putting Jeff Sessions, a new report out today said, putting Jeff Sessions in contempt. So basically, uh, you know, trapping him and making him answer questions because I guarantee you Jeff Sessions knows things and he's not telling us. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there, Roy, uh, in terms of uh, where to start regarding the, regarding the IG report, for starters. Uh, you know, you're asking questions about Strzok and why he was only escorted out of the office today, my, or uh, a few days ago. My understanding is he lost his security clearance a few days ago, and then they, yep. Uh, yep. so they escorted him out of the building. There's something to remember about the, that's unusual about the IG report, about the Inspector General and how they function. And, of course, the Inspector General does not have uh, subpoena power. Uh, and really, anybody that's not a member of the department, they actually don't have any authority over in terms of ordering, thing, ordering things done. They can only investigate well not not only investigate but if somebody wants to cooperate and apparently uh they got a statement from uh, former president clinton and uh, some other folks that were no not employees of the uh, not employees of the fbi or the justice department but as far as struck goes if you think about it for a moment the only way they were in a position of more or less compelling him to be part of the investigation was to have him still be on the payroll as an employee seems like he was kind of set up uh, for this from this process and there was a lot there's actually a lot of good things about the sport I don't know why it was uh, why they had this gratuitous uh, commentary about the uh, lack of political bias that because it, it was sort of constructed a lot like Comey's statement here's all these terrible things and oh by the way we didn't find anything except for all the terrible things we're telling you about uh, so it's kind of built like that. But as far as Strzok goes, as soon as the report came out, he's he's gone. And having him stay while they were doing the report really gave them gave them continued authority over him as an employee of the uh, of the Justice Department. All the interviews and things that they did with Comey were before Comey was primarily before Comey was fired, and so. Uh, so if you think about it, and, you, and they talk, and they talked to Lisa Page. Lisa Page left the uh, department in, uh, or left the FBI in in, in May of uh, May of this year. So, uh, so before she left, uh, until she once she left, they didn't have any authority to compel her to cooperate. Uh, so they don't have subpoena powers. So the, the limitations on the IG report seem to me to have, uh, or on the authority of the IG seemed to me relative to Strzok. One of the reasons that they did not get rid of Strzok and Page was so that they could continue to have them participate or continue to compel them as a condition of their continued employment, continue to compel them to cooperate with the uh, with the investigation. Uh, and so it's not a new, it, it's not, it doesn't seem strange at all that now that the investigation is complete as to uh, Strzok's involvement, now they got. Now they're in the process of getting rid of them. 
So it kind of it, it actually kind of makes sense on that level. Now let's talk about Comey for a moment. You know, I read the report. I read all 528 pages, and one of the things that permeated uh, through the entire report was a in pretty important assumption on everybody's part. The assumption on everybody's part was really pretty much that Hillary Clinton was going to win, right? Everybody, I mean, Comey actually admits that, uh, you know, he said that he thought she was going to win. Uh, of course, Strzok says she's going to win. Everybody's proceeding on this investigation with the presumption that she's going to win. Now, folks uh, have been reading saying that about political bias. The fact is, is, it seems to me that what James Comey was doing in July of 2016 was not a was not something that he figured he was going to do to help Hillary. He figured what he was doing at that particular point in time was sending a message to Hillary that, hey, we understand you're going to win, but guess what? I'm really the guy in charge. I'm actually going to be de facto president. They continued to go on the. Uh, they said so that was it was a very J. Edgar Hoover a bunch of maneuvering going on that everybody's assuming and understanding and believing that Hillary's going to win. So they're going to let this investigation slide, but have, but let her know that they have the goods on her, and if she ever crosses them while she's president, they're going to nail her. I I really think it wasn't about politics; it was about power. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, Josh, I'll let you respond first, and then I have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't have I don't have a whole lot to say on this besides, you know, I think the most interesting thing about about all of this with the with the FBI is that you know everybody kind of knew that the FBI was corrupt. Um, and, you know, they knew it wasn't, you know, or, you know, the government in general wasn't that great. But, uh, you know, now that all this stuff is coming out, they never I don't think I think people are realizing to, to the exact level, you know, and this is just the surface is the worst part. But people are starting to understand how bad it really has become in this country, especially when it comes, you know, um, to people just straight up obstructing justice. Uh, and I think it's I think it's good that this is coming out. But obviously we need to fix this stuff. Clearly, oh, yeah, well, we need to fix it because it, it's it's not just important for now, it, and actually, it's not so important uh, regarding. There's a number of reasons that you prosecute criminals. Certainly, one of them is punishment, but one of the more important reasons that you punish criminals is deterrence. And if the people that were part of this and participating in this don't pay a price for it, then there's nothing to stop the the next guy that decides. He's gonna he's gonna misuse and abuse the power because he figures well if he gets caught nothing's gonna happen anyway. So it's really really important for the future of the country, not just not just that there's justice for these people that tried to uh, tried to steal our country, but it's not only not just that there's justice for that, but more on a more important level, so that there's a deterrence. And people understand in the future that if they try to do stuff, something like this and they get caught, they're going to pay a price. Do, do you think that, you know, the way that the Hillary Clinton um, proceedings, especially with the Benghazi case, were all handled and then, you know, obviously she was acquitted do you, or, you know, there was nothing found against her basically um, 
Do you think that that kind of made a lot of these people that were doing shady things, you know, basically, you know, dust, uh, you know, brush the dust off their shoulder and think that they were in the clear for good? I think that uh, not not just the Benghazi thing, but the Benghazi thing is certainly a good example because, of course, uh, the the fish rots from the head. And, uh, you know, it it struck me. I I remember September 12th, uh, the day after Benghazi, and I remember watching uh, President Obama at a political rally in Las Vegas, Nevada, the day after uh, four Americans got killed in an attack on our embassy, raising, uh, talking, uh, just uh, out there for a fundraiser and giving a, doing a political, almost a, almost a uh, Trump kind of rally out, out in Vegas. And I'm, and I was watching that day and I'm going, there's something wrong with this picture. This guy knows something because he's just going on like nothing happened. And it's the first time in decades that an American ambassador was killed in the line of duty. This was a very, very serious matter, and he went to Las Vegas that day. And I'm going, there's these – that day, that whole situation stunk to high heaven. Well, here, so, here's uh, – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it was clear that he wasn't going to – he wasn't going to exact the price or try and find out what happened, what went wrong, and defend, uh, defend the people that are defending us. So, uh, so from, that, from that perspective – he sent a message to everybody else that uh, they're not going to they're not going to get involved in these kind of things. People are going to people they're just going to turn a turn a blind eye to uh, people that are uh, misusing their power, abusing their power. But every, you know it's it's clear also from the the other aspect of the uh, IG report, of course, is that situation regarding Comey's uh, uh, Comey's uh, clear declination statement on July fifth of. Uh, 2016, where the first draft that he wrote about her emails being compromised indicated that she had exchanged emails with the president on a on the soil of a foreign adversary. And so, what this is this has been about also is not only Comey exercising his his uh, sending a message to Hillary about what his power is. But it's also been about protecting uh, Barack Obama. It's not been about protecting Hillary. It's been about protecting Barack Obama. Hussein Osama, yeah, he's uh, he he. Uh, I, I tell you, man, if you want to talk about the most corrupt president ever in the history of in the history of everything, I mean, he's he is as bad as it gets. And the fact that uh, Richard Nixon even had to go through. Uh, what he had to go through, Obama did. Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon did very minor compared to what Obama has gotten away with. Now, you know, and we're talking about multiple well, things. Nixon, Obama, you know, it, it, interesting, interesting about Watergate. You know, is there was uh, there was in fact political spying going on, but it was uh, political spying being conducted by political people that were on the right. payroll of the president's campaign. Right, right. What we've got going on here is using the government itself, using the government itself for not only spying but literally trying to uh, weaponize and utilize the single most important power that the government has. That is the authority to take somebody's life, liberty, or property. The prosecution, the prosecution of crime, is the single most important power that 
and the greatest power that the government has. And Obama's Justice Department, at his direction, was willing to use that power for the furtherance of political ends in a way that and, and, Richard Nixon, in a way that Richard Nixon could only dreamed of. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, here, here's the thing what really pisses me off. And I've gone, and I've gone off about this and ranted about this many times. Is that, and this is true. I'm not even making this up. If anyone, especially a conservative, would ever call out Obama for his disgusting, uh, you know, political moves or the terrible things he's done with our country, people immediately point to the race. Oh, is it because he's black? You don't like him? Is it? Is it because? You know, it's it's like so much identity politics, and a lot of the left, and and I really want to say this in a kind way, what I'm about to say. I don't know if this is going to come off as a little, this might cause some controversy, but I'm okay with saying what I'm about to say. Liberal logic with Obama is, and I'm saying this in kind of a funny, in a, in a funny way as well, is... How could a black – this is their liberal logic. How could a black man that speaks so well do anything so harmful to our country? Yeah, well, and the, the, problem, the problem certainly is, is that uh, he was uh, – Do you agree that – do you agree black? I have a point there? I think, uh, I think you have a point that they – that they and not only everybody else, presidents gone by have always. That's their problem. That's their complaint about Donald Trump. Of course, is he doesn't act presidential, you know. And yeah. but we've had we've had uh, generations of folks acting presidential while they're stealing the country, you know. Yeah. And it's not just it's not it's not just him, you know. It's uh, obviously we have uh, the Clinton crime family uh, that uh, has been uh, and, and selling out. Yes, speaking speaking of the Clinton crime family, Hillary Clinton is funding now a new report out today an anti-Trump pro-immigration uh, uh, protest. So great, Hillary is back trying to stir the pot. Sure, with the two hundred and fifty million dollars that uh, they extorted from uh, foreign governments while uh, selling American. Yeah, but no, I no. But the Clinton Foundation got two hundred fifty million bucks, right? Uh, for doing things like uh, selling United States uranium to uh, to the Russians, uh, and uh, a variety of you know all kinds of other things that the foundation uh, has been doing, uh, stealing money from the people in Haiti, uh, so that uh, you know getting donations from Haiti and not giving not giving the money to the people, of which yeah. which is very interesting from that perspective because who did join appearances with Bill Clinton on Haiti relief? Uh, George W. Right. Bush. Uh, right. So, you know, so and all these people did their best to speak well and act presidential and things like that while they're still right. in the country. The guy, right. the guy we have now talks to, speaks the truth and is, is trying to not steal the country, but rather give it back to and- the American and people. that's what people people want a real and authentic dude that tells it the way it is. They don't want somebody that's fake and is looking at a, a you know like Obama is just like a puppet you know. But Trump is a guy that can relate to every American. Trump is a guy that 
is so profound and so genuine, and he tells the truth. And, you know, there is people that don't like the truth in this country, which is why they attack him, which is why they whine, which is why they march, which is why they do all of this, these shenanigans, which are so childish. I mean, and that's what the – and then they attack him with all of these negative, nasty words or ads or whatever it may be. Which brings us to the manufactured crisis at the border, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, oh I here's the thing. A, here's know. the thing about that, too. Talking about the border. They want to blame Trump for that, too. That's a policy Bill Clinton started in the 90s, and they never even cried about it. They cheered it on. So it's so, so much hypocrisy. They just want to find more stuff to hate on Trump for. Yeah, well, actually, the policy probably had some decent motivation in terms of actually protecting children from the dangers of the people that had dragged them across the desert and brought them to a place to commit an illegal act. You know, uh, during my time as a prosecutor, I was uh, I spent some time in the Cook County, what they call Juvenile Justice Child Protection Division. I ran a courtroom that we looked after the cases of 4,500 kids who had been taken from their parents because largely the parents had committed criminal acts. And you don't leave the parent, you don't leave the kids with the parents that commit criminal acts. Exactly. Crossing the border is illegal, and and that's a criminal act. Yeah. And that was the philosophy in the 90s when, uh, when the Clinton administration and the other folks went to court and ultimately in 97 uh, put together uh, and agreed to that, uh, what's become known as the Flores Decree uh, and the Flores Consent Decree that limits the amount of time the kids can spend and it also limits uh, the ability of the government to keep kids with people that are being accused while, they're, while their criminal criminality is being adjudicated. That happens in every American city every day of the year. Every exactly. minute of the year, while I was while I was uh, while I was there in Cook County, I was looking after forty five thousand kids whose parents had been accused in one way, shape, or form of something we would consider criminal, whether it was child abuse. You know, now you talk about taking kids from families. And, uh, and here's the, the thing: that I was here's the in. problem. You don't hear about it. They don't talk about it with our own American citizens. But when it happens to illegals. The liberal left-wing media is overdramatic, does the crocodile tears, brings on the movie, the movie scenes, the, the, all the, the fabrications. It's so silly, and it's full are seeing the bullshit. Like, it's just over the top. I mean, if you saw the cover of Time magazine that, that they're coming out with in July, they, and they advertised it today on Facebook. It's based, it says, Welcome to America, and it's a little... A, Hispan- um, a little Honduran uh, baby crying and Trump over top of her. It, it's really one of the most, uh, it's literally one of the most, like, disgusting, despicable, uh, the most ignorant, the most horrific, and the most hateful thing you could do on a cover. I mean, they are should be ashamed of themselves the way – uh, you know the Time Magazine looks. I don't know if you heard about that, but that was just kind of off topic. I just, but. I just saw, it, I just saw it in pass. I mean, I just heard about it in passing uh, this evening uh, while I was yeah. doing something else. I haven't seen it yet, but the the fact is, is the policy was put in place 
for the yeah. protection of the kids. Right. It was put in place to protect kids, not to abuse them, not to rip them, rip them from. It was to protect them from folks that had dragged them across the desert. You know, I, I was thinking today. A lot uh, of them, yeah, and know, a lot so, of these people, a lot of these people that want to enter the country, they use the kids, and there's a lot. They use the kids to get in, and they manipulate, which is an easy way. And also another problem that gets busted at the border is the sex trafficking with children, which is a big thing, and it's reported all the time. Yeah, so it's a manufactured crisis. There's no question about it. That that goes on two unspoken assumptions. The unspoken assumption is that every parent is good. Every uh, child belongs with every parent because every parent is going to always look out for the best interests of their kids. This is right. not true. We know it's not true. And the second assumption is, strangely enough, this is a very curious assumption uh, for the liberal left to make, but the liberal left is making the assumption that every government official that's involved in taking care of kids is a monster. You know, these, yeah. these are the people that want a government answer for everything. But the assumption you're working is manufactured crisis is that the people that are looking after the children must be monsters. Uh, there's people that are uh, you know, publishing the names and addresses of ICE, ICE agents and their children. Uh, they're giving out phone numbers and things like that. They were calling them Nazis and Gestapo. So, you know, for a organization or an ideology that looks for government to solve problems, this turns the whole thing on their head because they're essentially saying that the government people are monsters and that every parent is great. In which case, of course, the left usually wants to start taking kids at pre pre kindergarten and putting them in government uh, run schools and then indoctrinate them the rest of their life. So they're, they're, it it turns the whole thing on their head. So it's completely manufactured for one single purpose, and that is to oppose Donald Trump, who is yeah. really in favor of the freedom of all Americans. And this yeah. group of people are opposed to all they're actually it's all about power, just like James Comey was making an announcement for the purpose of letting Hillary Clinton know that he was really in charge. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it it's um you know what what is your you know, I this is this will be a big I want to. I really want to get into to things, but and I want to come. To, I want to come back to this, but I want to get your stance on immigration, and I'm going to get Josh's stance on immigration and Gianni's as well. But we're going to talk about this. But I want to come back to that. Um, obviously, I want to talk about. There's a big report out today, and this is uh, frightening everyone. And I really want to point this out. And this is an issue on a daily basis, especially with social media. Uh, Law enforcement officials are now searching for a Pennsylvania man accused of threatening to kill Trump. So this is happening on a daily basis. I see people saying shit on social media all the fucking time, and it's not monitored enough. It's not looked at enough. It's not taken seriously enough. I mean, this is like a report today, but there's millions of people that have threatened to kill Trump. Why is this one guy, uh, you know, I obviously – you know he's he's gotten specific, but uh, but there's other people that have. I mean, this is nothing new, but at the same time, it's very scary. 
because we all know Obama got a lot of death threats. Um, Trump, uh, on the other hand, is getting death threats. We know that. Uh, there's been people that have tried to enter the White House with, uh, you know, certain things that, you know, are, are dangerous. I just, this is a scary time, very scary time. And you know what? Somebody finds this this fucker, you guaranteed some Trump supporter will shoot this guy in the head, or this guy will be taken down, and he'll he'll be uh, he'll suffer some misery before uh, he gets arrested. I mean, if not if not shot, he'll get his ass beat, which uh, he deserves to, um, for you know even saying just going that down that road disgusts me the way people talk about our president and it's the left it's the sick left and it's these and they enable these pieces of crap these 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 fucking these trolls they're terrorists and it's just all it's just disgusting you know there's not much more to, not much more to add to that i'm not familiar it's with this, the uh, with with the pennsylvania guy uh, from that standpoint, you did uh, preface it with that, you know, that's something, uh, something unfortunately that uh, because there's there's nuts in uh, in every element of society, and uh, yeah. it's something that President Obama had to live with. It's something that every every one of our presidents has to live with. Uh, yeah. That there's a uh, there's a danger, and so thank goodness, uh, of course, in response to uh, issues with Abraham Lincoln and uh, and Garfield and. Uh, and McKinley, we now have the Secret Service that, uh, as best as I can tell, does an incredible, incredible uh, job. And those those guys, regardless of their politics, are willing to put their lives on the line for uh, for uh, the people that uh, that they work for. There's any number of former uh, agents for Bill Clinton that have written tell-all stories, but they would have taken a bullet because that was their job. And so, uh, yes. so that's a it's a terrible thing, and certainly the. Uh, uh, unfortunate part is is that certainly the uh, media, uh, the liberal media, does uh, have a tendency to turn a blind eye to these kinds of uh, these kinds of things. Nobody has uh, really uh, sanctioned uh, Peter Fonda, uh, you know, and apparently his movie that he was scheduled oh, to have come out is is still coming out. Still coming out. They're still enabling him. They're still giving him attention. And him, they have not. Uh, you know, take held him accountable. They have not called him out. And what, look what they did to Roseanne, though. They destroyed her career within one second. And this guy uh, is a leftist pig, uh, the Henry Fonda. But so is Jane. I think Jane Fonda is his sister. She's a swab too. I can't stand that that bitch. And she's you know she really is a bitch. And and I'm and I'm you know I'm serious you know she was against the Vietnam War she's a moron she doesn't have a goddamn clue about politics she was married to the idiot that started CNN Ted is his name Ted Turner I think Ted Turner yeah on, on the Atlanta Braves and CNN yeah uh, she so, is, uh, yeah but uh, but uh, but Fonda you know literally is uh, talking about violence against the uh, uh, against the first lady and the first son. Uh, and this, uh, and yet he does not receive any approbation from, the, right. or receives nothing but approbation from uh, right. from his colleagues. Uh, right. And uh, and they're still sending out his Sony Pictures is still uh, putting out this movie when uh, you couldn't have said 
anything much more vile than uh, than Peter Fonda had to say about that and uh, and and their and their talk of it seems to me he's the same one also about Kirsten uh, Nielsen about the Secretary uh, Department of Homeland Security. Uh, he uh, talked about her uh, being whipped naked in Lafayette Square in New York. Uh, this is uh, this is just an incredible, an incredible incitement to violence, and I would hope that this guy gets a yeah, visit and, from and the she got, service. Speaking of Secretary, speaking of Secretary Nielsen, she was harassed at a Mexican restaurant while she was eating food by a bunch of uh, pe- people, and one of the person that was uh, protesting her was somebody that works at the Justice Department. And this was just released today. Um, there was a video, a viral video of her sitting down eating and a bunch of protesters coming in saying, you, like, I forget what they were saying, you aren't worthy, you, you, don't, shame on you. Like, they were just totally harassing her, and it was this big story. And, you know, that's the way the left is. But conservatives do that kind of stuff. They're forever crucified. I mean, it, you know, it's, that's a Well, conservatives standard. don't do that, uh, Roy. Exactly. Uh, we have class. Know, they just don't. They just don't do that. They don't harass people while they're eating their meals. They don't go out and uh, you know pick at uh, Chuck Schumer when he's uh, out for dinner and cocktails. Uh, right. They don't. Uh, they don't do things. Uh, they don't do things like that. That's just not. That's just not because that's not how. It's not how how we roll. Uh, and yeah. we just don't don't do those things. They're not violent. We're not violent. Yeah. Uh, it certainly wasn't any. Uh, any conservative individual that went and shot up, shot up a bunch of congressmen with a rifle, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it it doesn't happen, and but that's part and parcel. I don't know. Are you you're familiar with a variety of things. You're familiar with uh, Saul Linsky and the Rules for Radicals. Um. Uh, yeah. Yes, we are very much. We used to uh, have a co-host to. Uh, Mentioned it every single episode. We're very familiar. Uh, read it many times. Um, yeah, well, that's very what, familiar. That's what this this whole this whole created crisis at the border. Yep. This manufactured yep. crisis is straight out of rules for radicals. One hundred percent. Okay, it's straight. Yeah, it's straight out and, of rules for radicals. And look, at, and look, you look around, happened, you create look, a crisis. Yeah, I mean Kevin Kevin McHale. Boston Celtics legend, you know Kevin McHale, great great basketball player, was a legend, sure, um, Hall of Fa- Hall of Famer. Uh, he's from Minnesota, and he attended the Trump rally the other night, and a bunch of uh, protesters they shamed him. He got shit for it. I mean, people should not be getting shit for their political beliefs. I mean, there's a lot of big Hollywood actors that are conservatives. You know, I you know you got Bruce Willis, you got Mark Wahlberg, you got. Um, let's see. Uh, the John oh, Dean Kane, Kurt Cameron, Dean Kane, John Boyd, Kurt Ka- yeah, John Boyd. I said John Boyd. Tim, yeah, uh, Tim Allen. Uh, there's a lot of big. There's a lot of big conservative. Adam Sandler is a conservative. Bob Schneider is a conservative. Um, you know, the, I even think David Spade's a conservative. He, he just doesn't talk about it, but he is. And Denzel Washington is a conservative because. Whenever anybody asked him about, you know, who he voted for in this past election, he said it's none of your business. But if you look at what Hollywood liberals, they're very open about, you know, who they vote for. And the fact that Denzel Washington is so closed off and won't tell who he voted for, 
makes you he makes you kind of lean like he's conservative. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe he's just a good businessman too. You know, if uh, yeah. you think about Michael Jordan when they asked him to run for office, he's a Republican. Uh, Michael Mike, Jordan is a Republican. They don't talk about it, but he is. Michael Jordan would uh, well. They asked him to run for office as a Democrat. He was approached to that, and his you, answer you know was that listen, there, Republicans buy shoes too. Here's some big ones, though. You got Ty- Tiger Woods is a Republican. Mike Tyson's a Republican. All Trump supporters. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, Trump supporter. Um, another huge. And Vander name. Holyfield. Uh, yep, Vander Holyfield. And um, uh, Terrell Owens is a Trump supporter. Um, you've got. Um, oh God, there was just somebody. Oh, Sylvester Stallone, one of the biggest actors. Of our time uh, is a Trump supporter. Um, Ar- Arnold is, for the most part, uh, he even said he is for the most part. But they, they've gone back and forth a little bit. Um, you know, you've got you got all these, you know, uh, big time. Uh, Clint Eastwood, another big big time name. So there, there's these people that in Hollywood that are conservative, but you do got the overwhelming majority that are liberal, and it's just like this whole sick society and. and- did did any of those people for eight years send out any kind of message that said F Obama? Oh, oh and by the way, I Never. forgot to mention two other names that I that came to my mind. Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson are Republican as well. They're Trump supporters. And but the, and so the question comes to mind, did any of those people act like Robert De Niro? Or Peter never, Fonda. Never. Mel Gibson had his big incident back in, you know, a couple of years ago, but that had nothing to do with politics. That had to do with alcohol. It had you nothing know, to do with politics. It had to do with a drunken stupor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he kind of went on a little too much of a little bit, much of a rant. It was, uh, you know, um, <laughs> uh, the video. But it wasn't, all, po- it wasn't political, you know. And, right, but when right. it comes, comes to politics, not any of the people that you mentioned acted in any way, shape, or form in a vile, right. disgusting manner toward a president with whom they disagreed. Right. You know, yeah. uh, they uh, they didn't look do at, things for laughs. They didn't make Kanye, jokes about the, the president. But look at Kanye West, though, big Trump supporter. He came out and expressed it fairly and the right way. And they crucified him. I mean, it just goes to show. And you know, you got also um, who was the other big? Oh, um, oh, Dennis Rodman. They crucified Dennis Rodman for being a Trump supporter. You're black. You're not supposed to be a Trump supporter. Like that's the yeah, kind of so stuff those they are, say the left. Those are those are problems. So when you but when you talk about Secretary Nielsen, that brings us full circle. And you yeah. say, you know, well, what if somebody had done that to, uh, oh, I don't know, yeah. uh, Janet Reno uh, during, uh, right. during Waco, uh, right, or uh, or Eric Holder during Fast and Furious? Yeah. What if somebody had done that yeah. to them? Well, the fact is, is the people on the right would not do that. They don't conduct themselves that way. They're entirely different folks because they yeah. because they they they're not ruled by emotion, but rather they're ruled by. Uh, Intellect. They they understand yeah. how things work. A- absolutely. Now, 
Now, uh, we are on a little bit of a time frame. I'm keeping you on. We got about 10 minutes left. I want to shift topics a little bit. Go ahead, Gianni. You want to you say something? Well, yeah, I was well, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, um, I think a big thing uh, about this whole thing, you know, about uh, Hollywood and uh, entertainment and politics is before Trump, nobody gave a fuck about politics. I don't care what party you were. Nobody really cared that much about it. You know, now, you know, back then you could wear an Obama shirt and nobody said anything. They just ignored you. Um, and you had your political beliefs. I had mine. But I think what Trump represents is a change in America and a revolution, which is why it's so dangerous, which is why people like Abraham Lincoln, when he had a revolution, you know, to, to uh, abolish slavery, they killed him. When JFK, with the whole civil rights, you know, they murdered him. And, I, and Martin Luther King, they murdered him. Jesus, they murdered him. You know, and I think one, that's one of the biggest things is we, I do pray for President Trump on a daily basis, but we got to understand that. This is a revolution. This is not politics as usual. This isn't Republican versus Democrat. This is establishment versus we the people. And I think that that's the main thing we need to be uh, focusing on. And when it comes to celebrities and liberal celebrities and things like that, they're being told what to say, in my opinion. You know, if you look at uh, uh, what's the rapist guy's name? Uh, the Jewish dude. Uh, the uh, Weinstein, Harvey. Yeah, yeah. look at Harvey Weinstein. He was giving money to Clinton for years, and that's the whole game. Like, they all are in there together, and that's yes. what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Gianni. And, and I, you know, I, don't, I, I do want to shift topics. Um, I, I want to ask you, you know, you're a prosecutor. You're an attorney. Um, they're talking possibly about holding uh, attorney Jeff Sessions in contempt. This was out today. I hope they fuck eventually because he is – the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, he is a disgrace. I, I can't say he's, he is so worthless. I mean, they need, what, what's your thoughts on that, David? I think that uh, certainly um, President Trump would uh, fire uh, Jeff Sessions if he had the opportunity, if he had the, if he had the belief that he could replace him effectively yes. in a reasonable period of time. But the truth is, is he's not going to get, a, in a short period of time, a replacement attorney general put in place. And by firing Jeff Sessions, he actually winds up making uh, Rod Rosenstein, who's even worse, the, right. the actually uh, acting attorney general. So from a political standpoint, uh, the president is stuck with, uh, with Sessions. And Sessions has been doing a variety of things. On, uh, on some other issues, sanctuary cities, uh, uh, he's the one that put together this uh, criminal prosecutions of the uh, of the folks crossing the border, which has been the, been right. the law and the land for for right. you know ten ten five five decades, fifty sixty years. Right. It's been the law of the land. Right. Uh, but uh, so there's a variety of things that Sessions is is doing well that the president would lose. If he were in fact to get rid of Sessions, what if, Sessions he, what if well, he could get, get, he could possibly get get rid of, get rid of Rosenstein and Sessions? We don't have much time, but I want thirty seconds on that. What do you think about that? Him getting rid of both of them? I think, but then then who who comes in to be acting Attorney General until he actually? Well, Janine Pirro, Janine Pirro is talking uh, is apparently talking to the Trump administration. She wants to be Attorney General. 
she'd be an outstanding choice. There's no question about it. Uh, she'd be I, an outstanding just, spokesman. She'd be outstanding in public, and she would be an aggressive prosecutor. You think they the would right approve places. her? You think she'd get approved in the Senate? And, 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 and you know they have to approve her. It'd be uh, it'd be a tough call, but uh, they'd be you know what I think if they did the polling data in all the districts of the 51 uh, U.S. senators that would need to vote for and by the way, thanks uh, thanks to the previous uh, Senate Majority Leader, uh, they only need 51 votes uh, on a on a on an AG confirmation. If they looked around, they're going to see Janine Pirro is more popular than they are. <laughs> right. So there's a, right. There's a there's a there's something that there's a political plus to point. Uh, I I don't think any senator in a in a red uh, red state would survive if he voted against Janine. You know, if the if he voted against Judge Pirro, I think right. Uh, so right. There's a there's a, real, there's a fair possibility that she wouldn't. Real real, real quick, we have a couple minutes, but uh, we have about a minute left. Uh, Oh, but Obama's cybersecurity coordinator uh, confirmed to Susan, Susan Rice ordered him to stand down on the Russian meddling. And we knew this all along. Obama knew about it. He didn't do anything about Russia. And then they blamed it on Trump. It's, it's, it's sickening. I mean, that was part of the whole ordeal, and it was all a setup. Um, you know, I want to I end on that. But uh, your thoughts on that in, in 20 seconds. In 20 seconds, obviously, it, it was the wrong thing to do. Or actually, frankly, if they ordered us to – because there's nobody – all this, everything going on, there's always leaks about all the evidence about everything. Have, has there ever been one element of one leak about anything regarding this alleged Russian collusion or interference? Nobody's no. given me one instance of anything that's happened. Not okay, one. so if the order was to stand down, the order is yep. probably being listen, there's no evidence of yep. this stuff. Right. Exactly so right. So let's put uh, Dave, Absolutely right. David, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh please tell everybody about your book real quick. We gotta go. Uh but we're gonna have you back we're on coming next up to, week. We're coming up to the fourth we're coming up to the fourth of July. I've got a very special book called Creating the Declaration of Independence. It follows Thomas Very Jefferson. Nobody, nobody understands that you don't get the Constitution if you don't get the Declaration of Independence. And I call on you if you're going to do any, if you're going to do something yep. on the Fourth of July, remember what started America, and it was the Declaration of Independence. And it not only changed America, it changed the world. And we, it's a great gift of American heritage. And I would hope that you'd take a look at my book, Creating the Declaration of Independence. Absolutely. And we're going to have you back on next week. Uh, you can, we can promote, you know, thank you for promoting that. Uh, and you, what's your website and people can find you? Shastokas.com, S-H-E-S-T-O-K-A-S.com. And that's my Twitter as well, at Shastokas, S-H-E-S-T-O-K-A-S. Perfect. Thank you, buddy. And you're a very popular guy. You got over 100,000 followers. I want to thank you for coming on. On Twitter, you do. Uh, over 100,000 followers. Very impressive. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, always great talking to you, buddy. All right. And we're going to devote that to the Declaration of Independence, guys. Take care. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. All right. Take care. Cheers. All righty, everybody. I want to thank all my listeners. 
I want to thank my co-host Josh Gianni. Uh, please uh, visit my store, thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. Again, that's thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. You can also visit rorysodder.tv. Uh, we have a lot of different projects we're working on and coming out with. Um, and uh, Josh, real quick, where they can find you on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Absolutely. And uh, I want to say rest in peace to Charles Krauthammer. Um, he was a, a great political uh, strategist, and, you know, he, he had a great career. And, uh, you know, God bless his family, and our prayers are sent out to him tonight. Um, you know, we will have a big show for you next week. Stormy Daniels is heading to Mexico. Her lawyer is starting to represent illegal immigrants. We will talk a lot about that. I didn't get that to that tonight, so I will get that to that segment early next week. I'm ex- that, well, God, that will be very entertaining. But uh, all my audience, God bless you all. Uh, have a great weekend. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder. Cheers, everyone. Take care. Talk to you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.